Hey lady, do you sometimes feel like you've lost yourself? Are you internalizing your feelings and walking around on eggshells either at home or at work? Maybe there is something missing in your life, but you just can't quite figure out what it is. Or even worse, you know what it is, but you feel stuck and you can't move forward. Well, I have been there more often than I care to admit. I spent more than 20 years climbing the corporate ladder only for it to come to an abrupt end during a 10-minute meeting. (laughs) I was so busy climbing that ladder to satisfy one aspect of myself that I neglected to take the time I needed to really focus on how to achieve true balance in every aspect of my life. Hi, I'm Anya Day, and welcome to the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast, where I give women practical tips on how to find their voice through changing their mindset, identifying their passion, and owning their story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, go grab your favorite glass of wine or cup of tea if you're driving, relax, And let's peel away the layers of our complex onion to unleash our authentic voice that the world deserves to hear. Hey, Owner Tribe, it's your girl Anya Day. I missed you guys so much. So hopefully you miss me too. I hope I still have a tribe. So... Um, I haven't recorded an episode in a few weeks, so it initially started because the first week I just was busy and overwhelmed. I had a lot of things on my plate I needed to get done, and we had a dumpster at our home that had to be filled in order before they picked it up, and it was just a number of different things, personal and business related. And then one week turned into two or three weeks, I believe. So now I am on the quest to get back on track. I really enjoy doing the podcast. I love doing it. I get something out of it and I pray that you all do too. And as you know, I mean, part of the other reason I think is this whole episode. So, you know, I want to talk about sort of the hard part about trying to evolve and trying to become this different thing. So when I think about becoming that, you know, Michelle Obama wrote a book called Becoming. And it was a wonderful read, by the way, if you have not read it already, it's wonderful. She also has a journal to go with it. Little plug. Well, when I think about becoming, you know, it has two meanings. So one Becoming can be, you know, sort of like the active art of evolving, the active art of, I don't want to use the word becoming, getting to a certain place or, you know, arriving, achieving a certain thing to become, for lack of a better word, to get to whatever that next thing is. And that's one thing. And to me, I want to focus on the active part is because to me, we're always evolving. We're always growing. I say it all the time. I probably say it every week. You're probably tired of me hearing, hearing me say it, but it's true. And for me, it's I'm really in tune to that these days. And then I think the other definition of becoming is flattering. And so when I think about this episode, 
I think I want to call it the ugliness of becoming, or maybe it's the hard part about becoming. I don't know, one of those. Anyway, when I think about that, I think that, you know, when you see something that, oh, that dress is becoming on you, people think of it as something as flattering. And I want to be a more flattering version of myself. Not that I was this bad, horrible person because I wasn't. I don't think I was anyway. I don't think people would describe me that way. But I always want to do better. I always want to grow and evolve into something better. And better as I define it, not as somebody else defines it. So when you think about when I, for me, you know, there are times where I have to put blinders on to remain focused, to really allow God to work in my life. And I think that's another reason why just some time needed, some, there's been a delay. There are a number of things that I think get in the way of doing, achieving certain things and meeting certain goals. And I'll get into that in a second. But you guys are not getting rid of me this easily. I am far from done with this podcast. I love it. It gives me life. I have truly, truly missed it. I've truly missed speaking into this mic and sharing with you all. And then of course, getting feedback about it. So. I think I want to start off talking about sort of where I am in my life. So some would call it a midlife crisis. I know I've I've heard that term a lot before. And, you know, that's people kind of describe that as sort of like this transition period where you're questioning your identity or your worth or your self-confidence. And a lot of times, you know, if you look it up, it's typically... People who are between the ages of 45 and 65, and I'm within that range. And sometimes it's like this psychological crisis that is is that comes from either reaching a certain age or maybe it's an event. This idea of, oh my goodness, you know, it's inevitable that I'm going to die or it's this oh, I need to do this and I'm getting older, you know, it can lead to all sorts of sort of remorse, regret, anxiety, depression, you know, like I said, it can be triggered by age, but oftentimes it's also an event. And for me, I think it's been some events. So, you know, I love me some Brene Brown. She talks about sort of like in one of her books and I can't, I want to say it's the worthiness. I don't remember which book it is. She talks about midlife unraveling and she defines it as being challenged by the universe to let go of who you are supposed to be and to embrace who you are. And I wrote that, I write down things that like really speak to my soul. And that's why I can't remember what book it's from. I just knew it was her. And I think that I love that. So I'm going to say it one more time. Challenged by the universe to let go of who you are supposed to be and to embrace who you are. And that is me all day. That is what I've been going through lately in the last year, the last year or two. 
you know, there are many different times where we begin to question ourselves, whether it's an event, whether it's an age, whether it's something significant happening to us. I think when people die, that's a big one for me. It's a big, big trigger for me to sort of second guess and question where I am in life and what I want to do. Sometimes it's getting a divorce. Sometimes it's getting married. It's losing a losing a parent or being becoming a parent. You know, some traumatic event. Maybe it's retiring. Maybe it's starting a new job. It could be a lot of things that make you kind of stop and re-examine who you are and kind of where you want to go next or who you want to be. And, you know, of course, there are lots of physical aches and pains of getting older. Lord knows that. So I actually, so last week I was working in my garden and I love to work in the yard. And I started at 830 and I had this burst of energy. So I just kept going until literally 330. I think I stopped once to like get a snack, but I didn't really eat. And here I am three or four days later, and I am still feeling the aches and pains. <laughs> I feel pains in places I never realized I had, had muscles, which is always a good thing. You know, it was definitely a workout. Like it was so bad that it prevented me from, I like to jog and it prevented me from doing that. Today, I was going to get up and walk, but my husband said my eyes looked crazy. Like he said, and I knew I had a headache because I also battle fight with migraines. And this was like my third day of fighting this migraine. He was like, just lay down. Why you feel like you got to do something? Well, because I hadn't done it. I hadn't walked in probably like three or four days. So I really wanted to do it. But I listened to him and I didn't do it. And I relaxed and my body really needed it. I probably really should have relaxed, relaxed, but instead I was like, oh, I can work on the fact that I need to catch up on my podcast. Um, so, you know, I was kind of putting together thoughts to do that. So anyway, but there are, what, what I was saying about the crisis piece or the midlife unraveling, whatever you want to refer to it as. For me, it was, it's, it's also, it's been like significant events. So like, and significant events then cause me to do things differently. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but they do. So like when my grandmother died, my maternal grandmother died, I remember I made a decision that I was going to walk away from my marriage that I was in for like 18 years. And it was a big deal because there wasn't anything from the outside looking in, people would be like, why are you getting a divorce? You guys seem to get along great. And I just got married too young. I probably got married for the wrong reasons. I just wasn't the best wife that I felt like he needed. Felt like I needed to, I just wasn't happy for a variety of reasons. And I don't really want to talk about that. So I don't even know why I brought it up, but I'm saying that because that was like a sick, like a significant thing. You know, when my grandmother died, I just was like, oh my gosh. I, it made me to really question who I was and what I wanted to do. Likewise, in 2020, I, it was probably the roughest year that I can recall. So, you know, one, the whole country was hit with the pandemic. Thank God 
I actually was never diagnosed with COVID. Nobody in my immediate family was diagnosed with COVID, but I do know people who lost loved ones and I'm extremely sorry for their loss. I also lost my job, which was pretty significant and unexpected. I also went through probably the most challenge, well, not probably, I went through the most challenging year in my marriage. I mean, just real talk. It was extremely hard and challenging. It's a number of different factors and a number of different complications. And you'll hear about all of that in a completely separate episode. But my point is for 2020, it was a very trying time for me. But it also was extremely reflective. And I relied a lot on God and scripture. Like Jeremiah 29, 11 is by far my favorite scripture. It's always been my favorite scripture for as long as I can remember. And I always rely on the fact that, you know, God has a plan for me. And that plan is for good and not evil. And that hope and that future and that aspiring to do something different, I rely heavily on that. So in many ways, although 2020 was a very dark place for me in many ways, I also felt more alive than I ever felt. I was very determined and I have remained determined to avoid looking for a full-time position. I know that our family has suffered a significant decrease in income And I'm just learning to deal with it. I just don't want the headache of that. I shouldn't say it that way because my job, well, I don't want to say it that way. I don't want the, what's the word? The stress, the overwhelming responsibility, I'll say it that way, of such a high level position. So if I go back to corporate America, for whatever reason, it will be hopefully in a different type of role, like an individual contributor role. I don't want to man, I don't I don't want to be have that same level of stress or responsibility. I don't want to be working 50, 60 hours a week. I don't want to do it. So for now I'm choosing to focus on developing these businesses. And I've just been on this quest to just keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And the more the older I've gotten, the more open I am to explore different things that I may not have considered before, but also in a lot of ways, I've become less tolerant of other things. So I won't, I don't like to deal with certain things that I feel like are beneath me or that are toxic to me. And I get to determine what is toxic for me and what I can deal with and what I can't. And It's been scary. It's really hard to dig deep and to look at the ugly stuff about yourself. That is what this whole podcast is about, is like really owning your story and owning all of those things about yourself. And I hadn't picked up on this quote previously from Brene Brown until recently when I was reading that same book that I was talking about earlier. But she had this quote, this other quote about, I now see 
how owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we will ever do. You know, I talk a lot about courage. She talks a lot about courage, which is why I think she res- we I resonate so well with her message and some of her research and some of her books and her teachings, et cetera. And that process and loving ourselves through that process, I think is so, it, it's important for people to understand that when you really start, you know, people talk about, oh, I want to be my authentic self. Oh, you know, I don't want to be fake and phony. But when I really start, for me personally, start peeling away the layers of the, that onion of the complex Dana, the complex Anya day, then some of that shit that I uncover, I don't like it. I mean, and it's who I am. And I love myself. Please don't get it twisted. I love myself. But there are character traits that I realize that I have that I don't like. And I want to change and I'm working to grow through them and I'm working to work through this process. And to me, it's a process. It's a journey. You know, I, I don't think we ever arrive. We may get to a point where we feel like we've accomplished a certain goal or a thing and that thing becomes good for us. But it doesn't mean that I, that is it for us. You know, there are things that I want and goals that I want to accomplish and I want it so bad I can taste it, but I know that it's a process and it's not going to happen overnight, you know? Even if it's a lottery, that's not, that is a financial thing, but it's not, there's nothing easy about life. It's a complicated process. You know, I'm always striving to just, I don't know, be better. And I guess everybody isn't like that, but I am. So I've just been more deliberate in my thoughts and my behavior, you know, through being intentional, through meditation, through prayer. I need, I still need improvement in that. I need to be more consistent with my prayer life. I'm more consistent with my me time. I'm more consistent with meditation and being intentional and thinking through my words before I speak them and, you know, just more intentional about a lot of things. You know, I am happy about the process that I'm going through. And the the last thing that I think I want to mention about Brene Brown in this book (laughs) I'm going to figure out what book it is. And she has this acronym for DIG, like thinking about the idea of digging deeper. And it talks for the D stands for being deliberate in your thoughts and behavior through prayer, meditation, or being intentional. The I stands for inspired to make new and different choices. And the G is for going, meaning to take action. And the whole idea for her that she talks about is about digging deeper is that, you know, like the idea of dig is reflected in this acronym that I just shared with you all. And 
when I say it, it spoke to me, it spoke to me because those are though these, this is an older book too. Like it had been sitting on my shelf forever and I didn't pick it up to look at it more deliberately until recently for some reason. And it just really resonated with where I am in my life right now. And, you know, there are a lot of things that, like I said a few minutes ago, that I don't like about myself, that I want to avoid doing. Um, procrastination is one of them. I realized that I get, I end up doing a lot of busy work when I don't want to do something or when I'm avoiding doing something or I just, I don't know. Sometimes it is like for me, when I'm in a space that's like disorganized and messy, I truly can't function and can't work and I can't think. So some of it is functionally my OCD personality and how I need things to be a certain way in order to clear my head and to think. But some of it I daggone well know is just me procrastinating or putting it off. So maybe I'm putting it off because I really have been more trying to really understand better why am I putting it off, you know? And it's not like those things, those other things that needed, didn't need to be done, but that's not what I was supposed to be doing at that moment in time. So I really have to ask myself why. So, you know, part of the thing with me recording was full transparency. I've been part of my argument with my husband has been over time has been my, what's the word? my inability to detach from doing work type activities. And when you're developing your own business, you work a lot and you um, use your computer a lot if that's what your business is about. And it's caused a lot of friction in our household, to be honest with you. So I think a lot of it was, okay, well, if things are good, maybe I shouldn't go sneak off. And because doing a podcast isn't just picking up a mic and doing it. Not for me. Like my brain doesn't work that way. I have to kind of, I don't script it out. Clearly I don't script it out. You could tell by the way I talk. (laughs) I don't script it out, but I sort of have to organize my thoughts in terms of what are some of the things that I know I want to talk about when I share with you all, because it's not about me just sharing my life. It's about sharing things that I've learned and tips and techniques so that at the end of the day, you can trans or you can get glean from what it is that I'm sharing to hopefully learn from or better enhance something as it relates to your life or to even, if nothing else, but to have a different perspective from somebody else. So, you know, I just have, I recognize that me avoiding doing the podcast, part of it was fear of a reaction. Part of it was that I really did have a whole bunch of other stuff going on and I was working on those things. Like I just actually was in a coaching program and I just finished that coaching program up and it involved work and homework and really working out some things that I'll be able to share with you all soon once I get them all worked out. So a lot of it just has been, I've been just busy doing things I really needed to do, not just busy work. So yeah, so that's it for that. I think 
another part in terms of just thinking about the hard part of becoming and the ugliness of it is I've forced myself to feel pain. Sometimes, that sounded kind of weird. You know, sometimes it's, you want to avoid pain, but sometimes I have found that I needed to kind of sit still in that not so good feeling. And I'm not wallowing in it. It's not the purpose isn't to wallow in it. The purpose is to remember how I felt in that moment. The purpose is it's about being reflective for me. You know, it's about, okay, why do I feel this horribleness? Why do I feel this pain? What do I do next time to avoid feeling this way? Like to me, it's because it's becoming a learning experience and I don't want to forget it. So, you know, sometimes I journal and I write it down. Sometimes I just really need to just sit in it and think about it and kind of examine it. And sometimes I really do have to shut it out and I don't want to deal with it. And everybody has a different process, but I'm sharing all of this just again to provide a different experience perspective. You know, when you go through certain things or when certain things are said to you or when you see things, you can't unsee them. You can't undo them. It kind of is. You can redirect your focus. You know, life doesn't have an undo button. You can't like, I mean, it does. It kind of has more of a redo button. So I can't just hit a button and undo like you do on your computer. And then all of a sudden that nasty name that you called me goes away or that nasty feeling that I felt goes away. It doesn't work that way. Or that memory from something that happened when you were seven, it doesn't, it's still there. It's a part of you. It helped to make you who you are, good, bad, or indifferent, good, bad, or ugly. The key is to learn different techniques to better navigate and better deal with those traumatic situations or those things that cause you that pain. And you have to decide what is healthy for you and what isn't. You have to decide what you can tolerate and what you can't. Not your mama, not your daddy, not your sister, not your friends, not your brother, not your cousin, not your husband. You know, you have to make those choices just like, so when you're, And that goes for what you allow to be around you or what you want to deal with. So think about, you know, you're on a quest to buy a house and, you know, you need to save money for a down payment, for furniture, future mortgage, all that other stuff. It might be a good idea for you to stay out of the department stores or unsubscribe from all those emails that you get about shopping and this and that because you're focused on or you should be focused on saving for that house. Likewise, when for me, you know, as I'm trying to further develop and refine myself and my brand voice for my business, sometimes I have to tune out stuff, especially if those people are in similar lanes as I am, because I don't want to... It's one thing to do research, but it's another thing to copy people, for lack of a better word, or try to replicate them. So sometimes I have to tune that stuff out. And it, I, I honestly, 
I, I kind of think sometimes that I have attention deficit disorder or maybe even attention deficit hyperactivity disorder <laughs> because sometimes it is, I'm really good at tuning stuff out and I'm, one would say I'm probably good at multitasking, but the older I get, the harder it becomes and the less efficient I am at it. So that's why I have to tune things out because sometimes I can get very distracted or I can go down rabbit holes that I don't need to go down because I'm focused on the wrong thing. And you have to think about that too. So if you're on this quest to, you know, find yourself or I'll use that as an example. It's hard. It's, I'm going to, for me, I'll talk about myself. It's hard to find yourself when you're, when you're finding this different version of yourself or you're trying to, and you have all these other responsibilities. You have kids, you have a job, you have businesses, you have a spouse, you have a partner, you have whatever. It makes it extremely challenging some days to keep it together. And on a daily basis, sometimes your sister be wanting to ball up in the, in the corner and cry because it can be overwhelming. And before you ask, I am in therapy. I do go to, I, I do believe in, in having those wellness check-ins and I do see a therapist and I deal with those things that may be, you know, I can't pray away or. You can't, I shouldn't say it that way. You know what I mean? I meant that in the best intention, God, I didn't mean it that way. (laughs) Or, you know, those things that you may have affirmations for, but you need, you need a professional license, professional, a licensed professional to help you work through. And again, I, that is a journey that only you can figure out. Just like other people can't make you happy, only you can make yourself happy. People think that things make you them happy. You know, I've probably said this before too. You know, look at Robin Williams and, you know, he had all this money and he had fame and he had attention, but that still, or other people who were of significant, what's the word? stature or status and they still um what's the word um committed suicide you know that is because there there were other things going on you know whether it was some other underlying condition that had gone undetected whether there were severe depression there you know there isn't this magic button that's gonna make everything just fix that's gonna make everything perfect in your life. And I think we have to subscribe to the fact that 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 is true, that it, everything isn't going to always be peaches and cream. You know, you all we all have our own thoughts about what is good or what it, we consider moral, what we want to see in our life. And again, part of that is what you were exposed to. Maybe you choose to go in that path or not go in that path based on what you were exposed to. And, and some of that evolves over the time and you, maybe you weren't exposed to something. You just didn't even know that there was these other things out there that were possible because you didn't have an example in front of you. Like you didn't even know it was a thing. 
And I am determined to kind of explore these other things because I want to know what my what the possibilities are because they're endless. I believe that my possibilities are endless for how I see my life. And I want my kids to understand that their options and possibilities are endless. So I have to expose them to different things that I wasn't necessarily exposed to. I have to teach them to be brave and courageous enough to go somewhere where they haven't gone before, to do something that they haven't done before. You know, and it's a hard road to navigate there. And it comes with some, it can come with some serious anxiety sometimes in terms of exploring these new things, you know, and in thinking about some of the things that I don't, that I'm trying to just work through is some resentment that I realized I had. Some resentment about some choices that I've made, some choices that others around me have made. I've become more reactive. I've, I'm a little bit more aggressive sometimes in certain situations, and I don't like it. And on one hand, like I said, I've been more at peace than I have been, but there also have been more kind of extreme changes that I don't like. And that's why I'm dealing with them. You know, we all can say, oh, when I grow up, I'm not going to do this. Or I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm not going to be like my dad. And next thing you know, you're doing the same things that they're doing. Or very similar things. You don't like it. And, or I don't like it. I'll talk about me. You know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be telling somebody, oh, you shouldn't do this or that. But then I'm doing them and I don't even, sometimes I honestly don't even realize that I'm doing them. And sometimes I do realize that I'm doing it and I catch myself and then I have to kind of check myself and say, nah, I I can't do that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person who's late all the time. My mom is is tardy for the party all the time. Like she's always late. And I find that I have cut corners when it comes to time more than I should have. And I hate it because I hate when people are late and I hate being late. And I do too much sometimes or I take on too much. And I have seen this in my life when I said I didn't want to do it. So it's about me. You know, this whole thing, it's hard. Like, it's hard trying to become and evolve and do things differently. Because one, you know, you see more is caught than taught. So you see what is around you and you tend to mimic it. And it's uncomfortable coming to terms with parts of yourself that you don't like or the things you think that are bad. But when you do that, then you can get rid of those things. You can't deal with what you what you aren't aware of. You can't fix what you don't know is broken. You can't heal from stuff that you're hiding from. Um, You know, some of us are really hard on ourselves when we make a mistake and, and we do things that we don't necessarily like. I think that, I think about this, it's one of the Avengers movies where Tony Stark is talking to... Hulk guy about 
the thing that he has in his chest and that is protecting him. And it's this magnet to keep all of the other stuff away that was that was doing something to his chest, the shrapnel or something like that. And he tells the Hulk, you know, it's something that he's learned to live with and he doesn't like it. It's like this bad part of him and it can kill him at any point in time. But Bruce Banner, the Hulk guy, says, but at least it's something you can control. If to me, the reason why that is so important and why I I love that is because if I know these bad things about myself or these things that I don't think are good character traits, then I can control them. I can attempt to control them. I can attempt to be early instead of being on time or late. I can attempt to be consistent when I'm seeing that I'm being inconsistent. I can attempt to not be a hypocrite. I can expect my husband to do something that, or not do something and then realize that I'm doing the same thing just in a different way. So you, you have to acknowledge and accept those things in order to kind of move past them. You know, don't worry about what other, think, other people think about you as you're going through your journey process. I'm going to be sharing a lot about finding your purpose and kind of uncovering and becoming and unbecoming and all of this other stuff. And you have to take off the idea, erase the fact that you care about what other people think. You got to just shut people out sometimes because people can be extremely judgmental. They can be extremely critical of what you're doing and what you're journeying and how you're doing. And at the end of the day, it's not your, their damn business. It really isn't. I acknowledge that this comes with a certain bit of discretion because what you don't want to do is be so focused that you completely cut yourself off from any support. If you drown and you need to ask for a life jacket, period. So I'm not suggesting that you do everything in a silo when you're going through this process. Because like I said, I depend on the support of my mental health therapist. I depend on the support of my family and friends. But I sort of dictate kind of how I'm going to bring them in and how I want to deal with that. And you have to find that balance for yourself. Don't focus on getting it perfect. Just focus on the process. Focus on loving you. Focus on loving who you want to be. Focus on what brings you joy. Don't ignore all the ugly shit because like I said, you have to deal with some of that ugly stuff in order to prevent yourself from going there again. You have to deal with some of that ugly stuff because it May it impacts who you are and what you have become, but you also have to remember you're not your past. You may have done things in the past, but that's not who, that isn't you. Did I say it the right way? I mean, it's you. There are things that you've done, but it's not. It, it shouldn't define your whole being. That's what I mean. You know, again, it's about what do you need to do to prevent certain things from happening again. Really look at why are you doing certain things. Just keep asking yourself why. In order to, you know, appreciate that good, you have to understand some of what pains you. You can't heal from what you can't you didn't you didn't deal you never dealt with. You know, and there are like a lot of questions I've just been asking myself lately. And you know, I'm gonna 
throw some of these out to you and I'm going to organize them better and I'm going to put them together in a more cohesive format. But I've just been in my sort of quest, you know, and idea of journaling and just being reflective, you know, really thinking about some of the moments that define me. And, you know, sometimes I think about the first time I remember having an autobiotic experience. I was like in the fifth grade and I saw myself like, oh, that's me. And for some reason I had, I I went a step further and I was, it was like the first time I realized, or the first time I can recall, like really just reflecting on, okay, I'm a person and I have a life and I have a family, but then all of these other kids in my classroom also have their own lives and their own families and their own things that they deal with. Like that the world was bigger than me. And I know that sounds so random, <laughs> but it was a really pivotal moment in my life to realize that, oh my gosh, the world isn't just made up of me and my sisters and my mom and my dad and my cousins and the people who I look at. But for a long time, I would it became like this weird thing. I would be in the car or I would see people and I would wonder about what their life was that we didn't see. And I still do that to this day. I can't describe it, but I don't know if anybody else ever does that. Tell, let me know. But it's the weirdest thing. It's like I realized that these other people had lives and that they did things. And it was just a pivotal moment in my life that the world was bigger than me. And no matter what my problems are, big or small, that I wasn't the only one with problems. I wasn't the only one who thought she was too skinny. I wasn't the only one who thought, oh my gosh, my parents get on my nerves or, oh my goodness, my sister sleeping in my bed is getting annoying. It was just a moment for me. You know, there are other questions that I've asked myself in terms of, there, and of course, there are lots of moments that sort of defined me or that are really reflective, you know, the time where I found out about my biological father or, you know, my paternal grandmother dying was my first, she was my first grandma that died, Grandma Annie. And that really messed me up because she died right after, she actually died within a week of her oldest daughter dying. And so I lost an aunt and my grandmother within like 10 days of each other, or maybe within seven days. I can't really remember right now, but it was so hard for me because I had been away at college. And so I didn't, I hadn't been spending that time with her that I would have liked to. And I was just so regretful of the times where I did come home and how I didn't spend enough time with her. Cause I never, I didn't, she wasn't close to dying. My aunt was sick. My aunt had lung cancer, unfortunately and died. And we knew that she was, you know, at a certain point that death was inevitable. With my grandmother, it just kind of came out of the blue. Like, I don't remember how old she was, but she wasn't old enough to die in my in my world. Like, she just wasn't. I want to say, I don't know how old she was. I don't even want to lie and guess. I got to go back and look. Because time, it's like, does something to me and I forget. I Hell, I barely know how old I am. But you know, there are things like that that define you, that define you or make you reflective of certain things. And I've just been more reflective, you know, am I good enough? What made me think that I wasn't good enough? Um, what make, what is enough? Like enough for what? Enough for who? Enough for what? You know, 
thing I've been thinking about what I'm missing in life and why do I think I need it and what good is going to come from it and how how am I going to feel differently if I get the things? So these are just things, you know, this whole journey, the more, the more I go, the more questions I ask, the more questions I have. <laughs> so again, that's why I'm calling it sort of like the ugly part of becoming because they're, you know, they're, it's hard. Some of the stuff is hard to just deal with. And you feel like sometimes you're going down this rabbit hole and you don't necessarily know. You're not ever going to have all the answers is, is, I think, a good way of me summing it up. You're never going to have all the answers. And as long as you're committed, though, to your process and what makes you happy, then to me, that's all that matters. And with that, I think I have said enough. I miss you guys. Please share this podcast with somebody. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, hit me up in a DM, tag me if you share it. Because when you share stuff and you don't tag the person, the person doesn't realize that you shared it. I realized that recently (laughs) in the last few weeks. So thank you all. I love you dearly. Until next time, grace and peace. Thank you for joining the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review because I welcome and value your feedback. You can also tag me in your stories at It's On Your Day so I can personally connect with you and know who is in my tribe. I am looking forward to continuing to work with you to write your own story. Until next time, grace and peace.